Welcome to the Golden Experience. Um, we have, first of all, we have a, my co-host for today, Naria Jones. She's a realtor here at Elegant hey. Realty. And this is one of my lifelong friends, Mark Anthony McCleskey. Um, and I have him on. I know y'all probably like, uh, since you been had him on, he called me. He was like, uh, bruh, uh, your boy, what's happening? And so we finally got to put it together and he is on. But the reason I have him on, I, I did um, a show or well, a snort, a short um, motivational thing where I mentioned him in jumping out and getting into your own business, your own thing and leaving your job. Um, and I, I, I commended him for doing for taking that leap and seeing his example is part of the reason I was able to leap from my my job or my situation into being a realtor. And sometimes the biggest thing is the jump and everything else, hard work and um, consistency and planning will take care of itself. It's, it's that jump. So I just want to bring up, uh, bro, if you could just tell a little bit about um, where you were working, what your education was, what you was doing, what your mindset was when you was doing it and what even led you to want to say, the middle finger to the job, and I'm gone. Go ahead. Right, right. Well, uh, can you hear me fine? Yeah, we got you. We can hear you. Okay. Well, I was like, um, like most of us, you know, I was chasing the American dream. You know, I was taking the path that they told me I should take. You know what I mean? I was a um, student athlete. Um, you know, you and I played high school ball. Went to, when did we go, go to college and get the degree and uh, got a degree in organizational managerial communication, which is basically like um, the ebb and flow of business communication um, and, you know, just all types of communication and whatnot. So after school, I immediately began managing uh, businesses. You know, I got into a small box retail and I worked my way up in specialty retail, then the big box retail um moved to Georgia, you know, worked again on a transfer. And then I moved back to Detroit and I was working for Bank of America uh for about five years at BOA, right? And uh, this is what this is when I started to um uh, get the itch to jump. You know what I mean? It started to kind of Work didn't sit right with me. You know, there's a few things that kind of bothered me. Uh, like, for instance, I never really thought about this until until this moment. Um, I remember one time being at Bank of America, and I was, I got written up for coming back from lunch late. And the lunch line was long. <laughs> the line at lunch was long. You know what I mean? And it was, I had no control over that, you know. And I got written up. And the stress that came along with uh, the assistant manager at the time, you know, uh, me and her are, are cool or whatnot, but she was stressing me. And that really wasn't a reason. I started working at BOA. I wasn't doing too high at first and I caught on and I was doing pretty good. Right. And I'm, I'm making money as a personal banker. I turned down the management job of the banks. I didn't want the stress of being a manager. Right? right. So I figured with being a personal banker and bonuses that I could still make up for that money, which I did. 
But then come to find out there's a cap on how much money you can make a month and bonuses, right? So I would sit there and I would know what I would make every year at January. I knew come December what I would make already. You know what I mean? I knew there's potential to probably make maybe $20,000 more. Right. So then the bank went through its thing. Now, take for now, look, now, let me not leave this part out. I was working for a company out of college called Game Crazy. They were competing with GameStop. I remember. Right. <laughs> yeah. So I had all the video games and stuff. I always right. got dope jobs. Uh, Bank of a uh, Game Crazy went out of business. I'm working this job. I'm making like 40000 fresh out of college. And I, I have a son, and they closed the company. Company closed. I'm like, wow. Like, I'm scrambling. You know what I mean? So I go to another another company I'm working for, uh, Demo. You know what I'm saying? Remember, I had to close and stuff. I right. had to close. I'm through. I had to close the watches and stuff. Uh and then Demo went out of business. You know, we went to an annual meeting. Like, yeah, we're twenty-one million dollars in the hole. And long, long story short, we're about to liquidate, right? So here I am again. Like, my family's—I'm the breadwinner—and my job's on, on jeopardy, not in my control. You know, so that's when the Georgia move happened. I got a big box of retail, and Georgia's different than Michigan. You know, Georgia was a, a right to work state before Michigan had to vote. Mm-hmm. And I was telling people in Michigan, like, hey, you don't want right to work. Like they had it all tricked out in their politics. And it was like, say yes to no on right to work. You're like, <laughs> you know, not as tricky. Right. Like you don't want that. You don't want that. So uh, but I found out what that meant was I was in Georgia working. Right. It's in the south. The building inside the building was 96 degrees. I remember you telling me that. <laughs> Like in a sauna work. So I'm trying to I'm trying to climb the ladder and make a complaint. I'm trying to organize <laughs> like a union and shit. Right. And uh no, no go, right to work. You can you take your ass home, get fired. You know what I'm saying? So that's what that was about. Then I got up here at Bank of America, dude. And I'm sitting in the bank and outside of uh once I started becoming successful, the District manager asked me one time, she said, Mark, you're doing great. Everything's going well. You found your niche, you know, you're comfortable doing good. Where do you want to be at in six months with the company? Told her, y'all don't pay that much. You know what I mean? Y'all, your position don't even pay what I'm trying to, what I really want to make. You know what I'm saying? Mm -hmm. So at this time, I was... I started training because I always, you know, being a former uh, collegiate athlete, I've always stayed in shape. And I started training uh, athletes, prepping them for college, college prep athletics, right? Mm-hmm. With my cousin in Louisiana on a trip. And I, you know, he kind of lit my fire on that. And I started training after work. Then I started training regular, you know, Joes and Janes after work for the weight loss stuff, right? And that really caught on to the point where I rented a gym every month. I rented mass gym every month. And um, my clientele grew. At the same time, I'm working for the bank and I'm getting work stress. You know, oh, you got to meet your numbers. You got to meet your numbers. What's wrong with your numbers? You're not hitting your numbers. 
You know what I'm saying? I'm like, you know, it's customer flow. If I'm sitting in a bank in the in the area, credit score is 446. <laughs> you need a 650 to get any type of loan from the bank. How am I supposed to be successful here? Right. Right. But I'm still getting pressure to do my to get my numbers. You know what I'm saying? You got to get your numbers. So I'm like, okay, yeah, shit rolls downhill. I get it, right? So I'm sitting in the bank, dude, this unnecessary pressure. And Bank of America goes to that whole little protest, Bank of America. They close a few branches, and I get transferred to a branch, which is cool. And this is when it really started to dawn on me. And this is the part. I'm sitting in the bank. I'm training also. I'm making just as much money training as I am working, but with less hours, I'm putting in 15 hours a week training and I'm making just much as I do, you know, working 40 hours a week at the bank. Mm-hmm. And then dude, the, the thought started to hit me. I said, damn, you know, you find out who the founder of the bank is and who, you know, when they first opened up a uh, bank of America. Mm-hmm. And I said, man, I bet this dude sat back one day and was like sitting with his buddies and shit and was like, I'm going to open up a bank. That's real. Yeah, I'm going to open up a bank. And then I'm going to have two. Then I'm going to have three banks, nigga. Then I'm going to be in the other states. Then I'm going to be nationwide. And I'm going to have over 40,000 employees. That was his dream. Then I realized that dog, I was an extra in his dream. You like, I wasn't even extra in the, mo- in the movie, the bro. Right. Now I was an extra in his dream. Uh, this is reality, but this is his dream. The bank was his dream. This was his baby. Okay. But like I was saying, I was in Bank of America, and I'm realizing that I'm in this guy's vision. You know, his vision was to open up a bank. His vision was to have these employees and to make his fortune and to leave his legacy by opening these banks and he was successful by doing so and i was a part of the inner workings and it wasn't my dream and then i was as i started to realize that my manager got an award for being at the bank for like almost 30 years or something like that Mm -hmm. and they brought her a box and they put it on her desk and it said, thank you for 30 years of your service. And I was like, damn, fuck. That what, that's what it's all about? You know, you, you, you give these people your life and all your energy and give you a box? You know, and some cash? I mean, come on, man. Like, it's, not even, it's not even real money. I mean, it's money. But you don't know real money until you start to make some real money. Then you start to realize, like, yeah, it's not really real money. Like, if you can make anyway, let me stick to the script. Um, so I'm sitting there one day, bro, and I'm thinking, like, I'm I'm being strategic, right? I'm always thinking, I'm like, okay, I can't quit, even though I want to quit, because it's not worth the time anymore. I could focus on training more people. If I can get some more sessions, I can make more money. Right. That's my thought process. Right. I can get more sessions. I can make more money. If I can get more clients, I can make more money. And I had to think like, okay, I checked my 401k. 
I thought to myself, if I quit, I cannot get unemployment. Mm. If I get fired or they let me go, I can get unemployment, right? right. So I'm, I'm strategizing my release already. <laughs> right. I'm like, damn, I got to do this the right way. So, so I'm not tell people, I checked my 401k and I left. I never tell them how much money I had in my 401k, mm. right? I'm about to quit my job and open up business for myself. How much money do you think I should have in my 401k to do that? They usually tell you you should have like six months worth of emergency cash stashed or something like that, right? Uh-huh. You know what I'm saying? I, got, I had two boys. I'm not a single guy. I had two kids at the time. I still got two kids. They're older now. Um, I had $10,000. <laughs> at 10 racks. Uh-huh. <laughs> I'm thinking about that now, how crazy that was. <laughs> <laughs> at 10 G's, right? And I felt that was enough. Uh-huh. I honestly felt like, yo, that's enough. I got 10 grand. I can stress the fuck out of that. I'll get unemployment. All I need is like three months to get my feet wet and I'm good, right? Uh-huh. So at the bank, so let me make this connection so you don't, so people won't think it just happened like that. I'm at the bank. I'm a personal banker. I'm sitting there and I'm talking to clients in and out the bank all the time. Um, one of my clients is, uh, God damn it. What's my man's name from the dramatics? Um, oh, uh, the lead singer. For- yeah, I know you're talking about. Um, I know you're yeah. talking about, though. I know um, it's for, I can see his face. The lead singer from the dramatics. Yeah, I can't just think of his name right now. Um, God damn it. I know who you're talking anyway, about. Anyway, yeah. the lead singer from the dramatics is one of my clients, right? I'm helping him get loans and get a house and, all types of stuff, right? And at the same time, this year, Herb Strather bought Land Bank, right? He somehow, someway bought all the houses out of Land Bank and let him sit for like 90 days and then put them bitches back on there and then bought them bitches back for a dollar and then re-donated them bitches and then some some really fly legal shit. Right. So I'm thinking like, yo, I didn't know, I didn't know the legal part first. All I knew was that he bought Land Bank, right? Right. So I'm sitting there with my client and I mentioned this to him. I said, that was really smart. How do you do that? Come to find out that they best friends. He get on his cell phone. He called her right then and there. Hey, her Mark, my personal banker, man. He's a great guy. Hands me the phone. I said, hey, man, I admire whatever it is you're doing with these properties and land bank. I want to figure out how you're doing that. And he said, hey, just come on down here and sit in my office and be a fly on the wall. I was like, cool. So I went and sat in some meetings, bro, and I heard some of the most intelligent information, period. You know what I'm saying? I'm thinking like, wow. So there's a lawyer, there's a contractor, there's a money guy, there's a whole little circle, a whole little circle, mm-hmm. past the buck. And by the time it got back, everything was done. You know what I'm saying? A property was bought, some property was donated, some property was sold, and a loan was returned, Right. Nobody really used their money at all. And it was a brilliant thing. So as I'm working, as I'm listening to these meetings with her, another guy comes in the bank trying to buy some property. Of course, I'm like, yeah, I got a couple of buddies that I know. Right. I put him and her together. They great. They struck up a, a really good deal. You got those apartments down there on the riverfront. Some of those apartment sets was a deal that I put together. I didn't put the deal together. I brought the people together. Gotcha. And they made that deal. 
So for making that deal, uh, at the meeting, at that meeting, at the dinner that I put together, and I brought two parties together, um, I wrote Herb a memo, a memo of uh, understanding that said, you owe me, basically, right? Mm-hmm. And um, <laughs> when I called that when I called that favor in, I was like, I'm looking to open up a gym. I need a spot. You got a million properties. What you got, bro? He was like, come on down to my building, Grand River and Greenfield, check it out. So he's walking me through the whole building, top to bottom, all of it. We get to the basement. And he's like, oh, this is a trash out area. And uh, I told him I wanted the trash out area. Took the trash out area, cleaned it out. He told me to write my own contract. That was the deal. That was the return. So it was 25,000 square feet that he let me write my own ticket on. Of course, I made a real generous offer to myself. You know what I mean? Right. And um, and that was the start, bro. It was through the connections that I made at my job and then the feeling of needing to leave my job. I bought up all my assets and all my understanding. And I knew... It was a lot of part of just things of me just growing up too, bro. A lot of things that I, you know, I could play baseball in the first game, the first bat. I probably hit a good home run or a triple or something like that. I always had good. I could always come out. I could pop off a race real good. You know what I'm saying? Mm-hmm. Um, and I just had the confidence in myself to, this is really what it takes. It takes supreme confidence and understanding it takes tenacity. You have to be tenacious and you have to be unwavering. When I was cleaning out this space, I tried to get investors, of course. Hey, I'm opening up a gym, 25,000 square feet. I'm going to put X amount of dollars into it. You know, any potential investors that help me, you know, blah, 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 support black businesses. Let's do it. Some guys show interest. Showed up to the facility. Couldn't really see the vision. I was painting in the dark. Like I didn't have lights yet. DTE didn't come through and put up the 72 lights that was in the space. So you can imagine my electric bill, right? right. Guys came down and was laughing at me for painting in the dark, bro. And then I opened up the performance gym maybe a, six months after I quit my job. And I ran that gym. I put... At the end of it all, because I was still training, I think I put about a good $17,000 into the gym. I was able to maintain that for about three years. Before my contract, it was time to renew my my lease. Mm -hmm. And that's the kind of reason why I shut it down. Um, The lease that I had was like, shit, 500 bucks for 25,000 square feet. I was trying to expand. I was trying to put a locker room, a sauna, stuff like that, so I can have more upper end clientele to really blossom in the business. I wanted to put a sign on Grand River Greenfield, a lit sign, not a banner. And the management wasn't working with me. He didn't want to, he couldn't see the vision. Mm-hmm. You know what I mean? So um, during that time, I would host events, health events, wellness events, and I would invite vendors to vend these events. You know, I would have all type of large 
health guy. You remember I had like, you know, yeah. Vanessa Inky, Sarah yeah. Susan Sadi. I would bring yeah. Marcus Klein. I bring all of the black, you know, people that were, uh, I really had a name and could bring an audience. Mm-hmm. I would get them in the building to do health seminars and we would get a nice audience and the vendors would make good money. And I would see vendors making money on the side. I'm like, damn, they're making more money than me at my event. And that's set wrong with me. I'm like, wait a minute. Why? I wasn't mad, but I wanted to compete. I wanted some money too. You know what I'm saying? So um, after one event, it was over. I closed the doors, but I told the guys to stay. Because somebody has said something about erectile dysfunction. And we closed the doors. All the ladies left. And we had an open conversation about erectile dysfunction. And I began to research and research and research and research and research. So much that I began to have these visions in my sleep. And I developed a Works company after that. So I'm in the gym, running my own gym. And I have this vision through networking. You know, I started networking for my job to meet her. I'm networking through my business to see vendors and to research from a seminar. And I get the idea behind Girthworks. Yup, Girthworks. So I developed a business called Girthworks, which is around men's health. Um, I developed products called Optimal Oil, Thickening Butter. Those were our two major headlining uh, launch products. And it did really well. I developed a campaign behind uh, thickening butter, which is a um, all natural uh, stimulation butter for ma- for male masturbation or whatnot. Because you know you don't have any options as a male when it comes to self pleasure. You got Vaseline, which is petroleum jelly, <laughs> or, or petroleum jelly labeled Vaseline, which is a byproduct of gas. Right? Am I wrong? Yeah. It is. It's yeah. a byproduct of gasoline. You know. And then you have uh, lotion which has these little sneaky monsters in them called parabens, which over time causes cancer, right? And it's remember, it's coming from an erectile dysfunction meeting, right? So um, I learned about oxidative stress and why men have erectile dysfunction. And we developed the optimal oil, which is a bitter tincture. um, And it's loaded around um, just oxidative stress relief, uh, clearing the vascular system, right? Launched that with some great commercials, right? And I'm making probably like $4,000 a month at the launch for like a good fucking year. First year when I was running that ad, we are at home all alone. You know that ad right there that that Facebook threw me in jail for and, and changed their whole policies and stuff. So that's what happened with that whole wave like it was doing great then community standards came up and due to community standards i got to take off of youtube i got to take off of facebook i got to take off of instagram and we kind of lost the wave but i was doing like four g's a month and i thought i was i thought i had made it bro <laughs> now at this time you, you at this time you was doing you was just doing you was doing the gym and you was doing girth works that was it yeah, listen, my phone will go off every other second. Bling, 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 bling. Orders, orders, orders. I'm playing my game. Orders. I'm waking up. Orders to fulfill. It's great. I'm like, man, this is what it's about. Wake, making money in my sleep, bitch. You know what I'm saying? Right. So, feeling great. So, my lease is up. 
at the gym. This dude wants to charge me $25,000, $2,500, $2,500 a month for Grand River and Greenfield, a spot that I developed. I put that shit on the map. You know what I'm saying? Nobody's coming to that building. I have more flow coming in that building than anybody. You feel me? Yeah. So you had to walk past all of the stores to get to my building. Mm-hmm. I would recommend other other neighboring stores to my clients. Go over here and get some food. Right. Go see Miss Carol for some bean, water. The bean burgers, baby. I remember that. I introduced them to bean burgers. I, I told her, hey, put bean burgers on your menu because I'm going to be here a lot. And I'll eat them almost every day if you do it. Right. She did that and that blew up for her. Right. So uh, I'm touching people when it's getting along, but you know, I'm having an issue with the management as far as my lease is concerned. So in the interim, by having more of these health seminars and people that die in their heart attacks and stuff like that. And, you know, it hits you one time when somebody close to you dies and you realize they left no inheritance. Um, so me being me, I got a insurance license. Uh, so I became a licensed health insurance and life insurance agent. So I got my gym, I'm doing girth works, and I got a license to sell insurance. So I'm educating people on the importance of uh, having life insurance and staying healthy. So I'm putting this thing together. I'm a trainer, right? I have health products, and I'm trying to talk to you about staying healthy. But when you do pass away, this is the greatest gift you can give your family because, you know, it's the last thing you're going to do, right? So... 